0: even just acknowledging us. Um, like it's it's not a resource, it's just the fact that the universities need to acknowledge that we exist, work with us rather than against us. Because we're finding that we're trying to put all of these pieces into play, make sure we're doing things the right way. And then out of nowhere, a random athletic director or clubs coordinator will message or email us or email their individual team saying, you're doing this wrong, but no one's giving us any help or any direction. So that acknowledgement would be huge. Hi everyone. My name is Olivia Ghosh I'm a PhD student in neuroscience at Western University, and I'm also fortunate enough to oversee the Ontario Women's Intercollegiate Football Association. And you're listening to At the 55.
1: Hello, and welcome to At the 55, your home for OUA football. State Dakota and I are joined by Olivia Ghosh swaby the quarterback for the Western University Mustangs. Maybe not the one that you're familiar with. We're talking about the women's team. She also represents the Ontario Women's Intercollegiate Football Association. Olivia, how are you doing today?
0: Good. I am so happy to be here and excited to talk football, both from the Western perspective and, of course, um, what's happening across Ontario. We're really just trying to start a movement for women in football, so excited to talk.
1: Well, it, it's awesome to have you here. Um, you know, I kind of throw us at a lot of our guests because, like all of our guests, you are the foremost expert on what you have going on and sort of what you're representing. So why don't you just give, uh, f- for those listening, kind of a bit of hi- your history Playing football at Western and the the team obviously you know started a little bit before you got there. It's been there since 2011 2012 range. Uh, sort of the growth you've kind of seen in the uh, the OWIFA in this past decade.
0: Yeah, so um, I'll start at the league perspective because I think that provides a whole picture, and then it can put some of the individual teams into context. So um, where do I start? Uh, back in like the early 2000s, there was a form of football known as Powderpuff. That's been eliminated up until this day. We don't use the word or the term as often, more common in the States, but somehow the universities, the key ones being Laurier um, and McMaster, Waterloo and U of T at the time um, participated in what was, what's known as powder puff. So this version of football that's flag, but with a bit of contact, Contact. So you're incorporating, um, Similar concepts or schemes as you'd see in tackle football that you can also apply in flag football, where we have that unique um, line the O line and D line. Um, now, up to this day, things have like transformed significantly. So before it used to be just this one huge hurrah at Laurier, which would bring all the teams together. Some uh, There wasn't nearly as many as there are now. And maybe there was a key four way back in the day. Um, and those teams are the ones that um, uh, pioneered what football looks like um, now. And then, of course, it's been refined and made more legitimate over the last three or four years, which is where um, – O-W-I-F-A or O-E-F-A has come about Um, and yeah, so it was a hurrah. It was at Laurier. It brought all the t- schools together. The teams were fairly informal. Some schools would come with two or three teams. There was just a bunch of girls that wanted the opportunity to play. And it was nice because it was led by a group of OUA men at each of the schools. I mean, more common in some schools. At Western, for example, it's not usually the guys that help coach us, but at all the other schools, it was always that way. It was very much a culture. It was very much an environment, competitive spirit, but a chance just to give women an opportunity to play. Now fast forward forward to now, last two years, OEFA has really come together to um, bring women's football onto a stage where it can be seen as a competitive level varsity type sport. So programs are running in a way that they're practicing three or four times a week. We see that um, teams are getting larger in size, but they're also having um, more cuts and tryouts. Um, And competition is very structured in which we have three tournaments, or three to four tournaments a year, three of those tournaments qualify um, a team to play in the championship. So it's it's a whole system now and it's really nicely governed by um, our executives that just kind of oversee things, make sure, make sure things run smoothly, but it's hosted by an individual uh, university. So for example, the common locations that we have tournaments now are U of T, McMaster, Waterloo or Laurier and at Western. So it's grown and now we're at, 414 athletes, 70 OUA or student coaches and our team of six executives um, and 10 teams across Ontario overall. So that's the league. Now, Western is a whole other story because we're we're still working. We're a bit behind. That's what I would say. So we can't even call ourselves a Western Mustang. So we actually have to call ourselves Western women's football team because we're made up of a group of Western athletes um, who are all women at Western who, who play. So we can't necessarily say we are Mustangs yet until we are officially a sanctioned and ratified team. So when we talk about sanctioning that varies across schools, Um, Western and Guelph are the only ones that are unsanctioned and the rest are sanctioned either with their athletic department or their student council. So, There's a lot of layers here. It's really difficult to describe, but we're hoping that in due time, women's football or women's flag football will be recognized as a varsity competitive sporting opportunity for women.
1: Well, you know, you you mentioned, of course, the sort of board of directors in a way, the kind of, uh, you know, whatever that governing body is Mm -hmm. in yourself, you know, we at different times in sports, you hear the term player coach, but for yourself, player commissioner. Uh, that's a very interesting role that you, you hold on to there as, as not only quarterback for the Western women's football team, my apologies, but then, of course, for the league commissioner. And as you kind of mentioned, uh, with Western Guelph having that disconnect in terms of being able to use school branding, um, h- how does that affect in terms of, say, other schools in terms of uh, access to facilities? Does it change those things as well, not being able to have that, uh, that connection?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a multitude of things. So for example, um, I get that unique perspective of being both a team president as well as a commissioner. So I get to see all this behind the scenes, uh, involved in a lot of conversations, and it, it puts into perspective where some of the expectations are. So in a school that is sanctioned or ratified with their athletic department, and we see some really great progress with schools like Queens, um, Waterloo, who actually are ensuring their programs are run effectively, ensuring that they actually have field space and time. So there is an allocated fee for that, but at least that's something they can actually uh, use. So, for example, Waterloo has a beautiful inner facility. They can use that. They have space for, and time for that. Um, Queens took on a head coach, so they actually have some kind of coaching support that is from someone who has the adequate training to actually bring up the level of the game for the individual athletes. And when you move to an unsanctioned program, like um, Western or Guelph, for example, we are in a situation where we take advantage of whatever we can get. So the lights won't be turned on for us, for example. We won't get um, gym or lift space. We just hop onto a field and we know it's empty because we can see the bookings online for when things are open. Um, and when it comes to even just ensuring that we have evidence that all of our students are students, because, of course, if we're going to compete at another institution, they need to understand that we are all Western students that also adds another layer which we have established with um, our uh, registrar to help support us and things like that so it's unique but then you also get these other things where we uh, for example at Western we're advocates so we're very involved in the London community which means that we get a lot of support and sponsorship from local um, companies local businesses um, and that is something that we are allowed to take advantage of, whereas some schools don't necessarily have that because they're under their institution. So it gets a bit complicated because institutions have set sponsorships that they can use. Right. Um, and that comes for things like clothing order. We can go through kind of any clothing company we want to, to do that, but we don't get to rep our, our brand, our school brand. And it kind of sucks because we're women. We have one of the best leagues, uh, one of the best records here at Western, but we can't actually say that we are. Uh, representing the university
2: how does that get out of here my apologies, my um, apologies
0: Dakota.
2: <laughs> um so as a as a former uh you know western student it kind of surprises me that the school doesn't really want to recognize you i mean i'm sure this is probably where you started correct me if i'm wrong but the the annual tournament the annual res tournament uh for the women's flag tournament i coached f- four years i think um shout out perth um yeah and and that's a huge tournament. I mean, what would you got a, is it Medside that has like 150 kids come out every year, something crazy like that. So like I know flag football is a very big thing at Western and without kind of possibly putting your foot in your mouth here, why do you think Western is kind of kicking their heels in the in the dirt?
0: I can say that I'm not thinking about it because I've gotten a lot of responses as to why we aren't a team. (laughs) So this is something I've applied for. I've been at Western way too long. I did my, I'm doing my PhD in neuroscience right now. So I also did my undergrad there. So I got to see this league evolve over the last five, six years. So of those five, six years I've applied for ratification with the university four times. And then it was, uh, we applied two times before I came about. So, Um, the response that we've gotten is that there there is no space in the western sports model for example Um, and one they need to kind of revamp and revisit what their sports model looks like and they're doing that right now they're doing a review right now um, to see where groups like us could potentially fit in I don't know how that's stuck around for the last four years and that's the response I've gotten but um, this is not something that I'm I've had to think about it. It's been something I've been pushing a little bit more pressure every year and year. I even went on CBC London and talked about it. and That's when I actually got a seat at the table and talked to some people. We've got our alumni association here now, supporting us and ready to to put some more pressure on. But we're still getting these. We're still there's there's a gatekeeper somewhere. I don't know who it is that isn't letting us in. So I don't know. That it's complicated, and I, I assume it's an administrative. It's something. I, I, out of my control, maybe out of the decision maker control, but hopefully it'll change soon.
2: (laughs) Stepping away from Western. I mean, I love the school to a point. Um, can you, when I, when I was there, it was called powder puff. Obviously it's not for good reason, but can you maybe talk about the importance of Changing the name, I mean, similar to how there is a, a women's football league and it was called like lingerie football league, which is ridiculous. Like, talk about the name change and the importance of legitimizing the league and legitimizing like the sport, although it was already legit, but now changing it. So it kind of changed the stigma around the name and what it is.
0: Yeah, good question. So I honestly didn't really know where powder puff came from. Like I assumed it was because we were in the snow and we were girls. The puff was the girl's side, the powder was the snow side. Um, I did some googling, and then based off of American history, the reference of powder was like women powdering their faces, makeup, and then the puff, I guess, was the football somehow in there. But that's like the origin that I found on the internet. I don't know if that's necessarily accurate or true, um, but the transition out of that has just been very positive. Um, it's it's football. Like why I don't know why it needs to be called Powder Puff. So that's that was a no brainer to change, and it was something that all the schools were like, yeah, we're gonna do that. We're gonna change all of our branding. We're gonna talk about ourselves as a flag football programs at each institution so um, that's been positive it's now moved us under a light that is more legitimate like everyone wants to work with us when it comes to women in football because we've been around so long we're doing things that are successful we're very um, vocal and active and we just have the right moving parts it's now just kind of um, cleaning things up so that we are looked at positively at each institution so that's a key thing and I think that change of the name really added to that. Um and now that we have a league that kind of helps put it all under one umbrella, it just makes it all more smoother um and and a, a go-to spot.
1: And your organization, I mean, it's it's more than just what happens on the field, you know, uh do you, was it the uh just earlier this month, you were running the Ontario Women's or probably the Women in Football Career Weekend, right? So I'm, you guys do all sorts of different resources and stuff. Talk about what that was like doing the online panels and the impact that you're having in the sort of, you know, obviously it's been a COVID year and everyone's had to adjust doing different things. What types of events have done to not only improve your exposure, but also providing, um, I guess, help in the sense of, you know, showing young women in the sport, you know, role models of who people have had success in the field.
0: Yeah. So that's a really great question, mainly because it it hits on a few things. One, I think it's just for our league in itself, the programming that we put together is for our athletes. So we want to develop them more than just the game, right? Um, We have the opportunity because us women had to do it ourselves and had to put it together ourselves so that we could just play flag football. We've been doing it ourselves. Um, The thing is, we can't really continue playing after university. So obviously, we have to think of some key pivot points and learning points for our athletes and our coaches, because a lot of our coaches are also students, um, that they can now use what they've learned in football and apply it in any career. And the women in football careers, we can also just put into perspective the opportunities you can do in football. Um, The other component of that was also putting us on a stage. So Um, being able to host events like this brings in a a wider audience. we got a lot of people from the States and all over the world, the UK, Brazil, et cetera, partake in what we're doing because they recognize that that we're providing an equitable experience for women in football, not just in the game, but also um, things that are more tangible in the future. Uh, And then the other component there is, I think it's revolutionary what we're doing just because – Being able to put programming like this together in a unique way that's online, that is during a time where we would have been playing a lot of football, which really sucks, um, and pivoting and understanding that there's other ways that we can reach our athletes and reach others and understand that we are taking this seriously and so should you. um, That's what these career workshops, these nutrition workshops, mental health and mental performance workshops have really done um, broadly.
1: Well, and you say revolutionary and honestly, I don't think that's an exaggeration or, or a falsehood because Dakota and I do a ton of conversations with current and former student athletes specifically who played football a lot in the OUA and a lot of the conversation, at least when it comes to, say, talking about mental health for those who have, you know, hung up the proverbial cleats is transitioning out of the game when it's been so big a part of your life. And here's, you know, your, your team where you're still fighting just to play football, but you're also having this conversation of this whole world of football that doesn't have to be football related. And on the men's side, they haven't really done a good job of doing that. So many of our conversations are ways that schools and the universities themselves can do better at saying, you love the sport, the sport's gonna end, you know, pretty, you know, for most people pretty soon before, you know, after you start playing here are these other avenues so it's incredible that you know your team's already focusing on that because it's something that's like i said just not i want to say it's non-existent on the men's side but it isn't something that's as uh focused in as it, as it should be um so you know you had that you know the the women in football career weekend what other types of events have you uh does your team have on the go i saw there was some stuff on your website but you know what kind of stuff do you have in the in the coming weeks and months
0: yeah, so uh, there's a few events um, that are happening at the moment. So we're hosting our UEFA uh, Virtual Cup. So in conjunction with the Women in Football Careers Weekend, we're also um, doing basically weekly challenges to keep all the teams active and all the, all the women in our league engaged so that we can have some sort of competition it's online but it's it's at least somewhat um exciting when you see ranks and how people are doing it up, up against each other just with really simple things that help spotlight women in sport um get outside and meet up with your team in a safe manner and throw around a football do a trick shot like stuff like that um really simple and then of course we're going to keep up with um, Online boot camps, so focusing on fitness in any way, um, especially because we don't necessarily have the same resources as varsity sports would across institutions. So we have to kind of create that those for ourselves, um, and so we're hosting a boot camp on Thursday, um, and. Later though, our shift is going to go back on refining the documents and how our league runs and future goals, um, organizations and groups that we want to partner with and share with uh, and continue working with. Um, And for the sake of sharing it here, we also just recently got grant funding with uh, Canadian Women in Sport, which is funded by the Canadian government to help continue the work that we're doing with the WISE grant. So Um, A lot of positive things coming for 2021, 2022, and I'm hoping we have a season then. Um, And right now, it's just mainly prepping for that. And then, of course, we're going to incorporate maybe one combine in there um, with that we were supposed to host a while ago, but now that things are a bit better, we can actually host that so that there's some football training and learning happening in person.
1: And obviously, at all levels of, well, really, all levels of life, COVID's you know changed everyone's plans. But it, you know, if we can you know forget about it for a second, if you were looking at the league in terms of say a one year goal, a five year goal, ten year goal, just knowing the trajectory that the league was on, the, the the great people involved that have been helping it move at a exponentially greater rate, seemingly year after year, what sort of do you see as that? Near-future, mid-future, long-term progression for the league, of course, like we said, COVID's kind of thrown wrenches in all our plans, but just assuming that it can get back on track to to the spot you had it before, where does that look like for in your eyes?
0: Yeah, so again, I keep forgetting all the amazing things that we're doing, but we also have another component, which I think hits more into our two year goal, three year goal is um, continuing with that career development in a way that we are focusing on um, getting more women into coaching and more black athletes and any of our student coaches into coaching um, as like professionally. So we are currently working with the Black Canadian Coaches Association to put together a black future or sorry, a future coaches program that encourages more women and Black athletes to pursue an opportunity in coaching football. So, uh, and that's pairing up with a mentor, getting a letter of reference, working directly with some of the OUA coaches to understand what happens behind the scenes and something that we hope that those coaches can then bring back to their own OUA team. So that huge component will elevate our league is ensuring all of our coaches, or at least the, the head coaches, are NCCP trained, so that's a big focus, um, especially within the one to two year range. A year from now, I'm seeing our first, hopefully perfectly run season where we have decent weather because we always run in the winter. We've shifted to the end of Feb and all of March, basically running a tournament every weekend. That runs smoothly, it runs really really well. We get a lot more fans out uh, now that we've grown a bit more with the traction in our audience. Um, And then down the line, and a lot of conversations I'm having now, is inter-province competition. So that would be with Quebec, who's now trying to start up a flag football league for university athletes and women as well. So that's another opportunity. So we have, um, there's clearly growth in the game. It's now just a matter of linking it all together. And then five years from now that hopefully it's seen, we have trained coaches, we have Uh, running programs we have funding um, to see that this is something that can be an OUA sport and that our students who are also running this league we love it because we at least have the choice in what we do and how we run and how we ensure that women are thought about in this process but it's a lot of work and it's something that we would just love to move into just playing and not having to worry about those things too but in order for this to continue from year to year there has to be a group of leaders to keep it going so
1: well, no doubt. And yourself amongst your peers are, you know, no doubt, excellent leaders to be pushing ahead at the moment. Um, you know, it seems so often resources is the, uh, you know, quick answer for something like this. And you mentioned, of course, with a school like Western or, or Guelph, the ratification with the school obviously could go a long way of pushing the team forward. But if we just put aside, you know, obviously, in, a, in women's sports outside of this, funding's always um, at a at a, you know, is, is severely lacking um, and of course as you mentioned the ratification but outside of those two things which obviously are massive components not to ignore that what would be something that y- you feel would really help boost your the league to the next level whether it's exposure for the players what you guys are doing access to well I mean I guess that falls in resources again but just sort of outside of those as you those two bigger notions that once again it's maybe hard to ignore but what would be those other little tools or things that could really help text take the league and just women's football to the next level?
0: That's a tough question because it really is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can look past the resources.
2: Fair, um, of, course,
0: <laughs> of course, putting women on the stage in the sport is key. Like, I'm trying to think of the ways that um, the NA. NI- NAIA down in the States has brought up women's football, like even simple things like just recording and filming sessions that people can see the the girls out there and playing. That would be huge. I, I don't know if that still touches on our resource. Um, and then of course being able to showcase our athletes on, um, some sort of platform, like a website, whatever, where you can see rosters, stats, et cetera, would be great. Um, something that we'll probably add to our own website, but we aren't website developers, so that would be something that is a, another challenge for us. Um, uh, other things is just, even just acknowledging us. Um, like, it's it's not a resource, it's just the fact that the universities need to acknowledge that we exist, work with us rather than against us. Cause we're finding that we're trying to put all of these pieces into play, make sure we're doing things the right way. And then out of nowhere, a random athletic director or clubs coordinator will message or email us or email their individual team saying, you're doing this wrong, but no one's giving us any help or any direction. So that acknowledgement would be huge. Um, And it's something that we're gonna initiate within the next month, hopefully, is to have those conversations. Probably after exams so that we can breathe a little, but um, have those conversations and know that we're going in the right direction where we'll be taken seriously. Because I think that's the key thing. Acknowledgement taken seriously. Um, work with us rather than against us. Those are the three things that are very easy um, that would help bring our league up to another level. Otherwise, it's mostly resource base. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's totally legitimate. Hey, I I know two guys who have a little platform that they could probably open up for a little space to uh, help showcase uh, your league a little bit more. Um, uh, You know, last question, I just wanted to kind of uh, go back to talking about that ratification process. And you used a term at one point um, in in one of the or a a little turn of phrase, I guess, in one of the, I guess, back and forth you had with an administrator where they said, uh, what was it? It was like groups like yours. And as opposed to like the 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 online, you know, people who are able to get the the EA gaming, whatever that is, did they go into detail of exactly what it is about your league or the team you have at Western at Western that? That doesn't qualify or do they just kind of leave it at like, you know, I've I've gotten a lot of school applications rejected in my day and they just kind of tell you, no, they don't tell you you could have improved your GPA. You could have improved your this or whatever. It's just like a broad no and you're left to wonder what you could have done better. Have they given you insight in terms of what your, are I mean, it doesn't seem like you you're missing anything in the eyes. Of I'd say most people who look at the situation, but given whatever red tape you have to work through, have they highlighted what it is that you don't currently have?
0: Good question. Um, I don't think it's been uh, pinpointed exactly what's missing because I think our application, for example, at Western is pretty thorough. We say why women's football is the thing that is needed at the institution. What doesn't exist? We give them our budget. We give them everything. Um, we even have a constitution written up to see how our program runs. So it's all there. But I think the your group is referring to the fact that our league is like It's tough without that university support holistically our league is in this gray zone so what i mean by that is that um nothing is necessarily sanctioned overall so again conversations with groups like the ontario football alliance etc would maybe aid in that a bit but because it's all student run and etc it's a bit of a gray zone and that puts teams in a spot where they're competing against other universities they're playing competitive football but it's still not seen as a competitive sport. So there's still like, are they a recreational club? Are they a varsity club? Are they a varsity sport? And the language changes from school to school. It varies because all the sport models are different. So when we talk about um, a group like yours in terms of Western, we're a competitive team. We're a club though at the same time because we don't follow under a varsity sport. So we're just that gray zone. Like, they don't know what to do with us. That's what I think is really meant by it. Um, like, would they put us under re- recreational club? Would they put us under varsity sport? But there's no OUA. Mm. So that's why.
1: Well, to quote Dakota, kind of just sounds like bullshit um, and just a lot of semantics. Um, so, you know, it's, it's Im- and uh, I agree, it's it's embarrassing to think, and these, you know, you don't have to say any of this. We'll speak for you here. or We'll just speak our own piece on it. But, you know, it's embarrassing to think you're having to make this big spiel when at the core of it, it's like, yeah, we're a women's football team. Like, what, anyways? Um, kind of fighting... like
2: that it's Western and Guelph that suck, eh? Uh,
1: yeah, you have two Western and Guelph alum with you now, and I'm actually a future Western, uh, Mustang myself. Um, so you know, uh, I think it's hitting home with the two of us, uh, particularly out of the, I guess, respect to whatever respect we have for our institutions. Um, but you know, keep fighting the good fight. Uh, we're happy to support you in any way you can, anytime you want to come on the show with us or, you know, uh, whatever it is. Uh, if any what part of your team wants to write for the website, there's space there for you guys, anything we can do. Uh, Olivia, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can people contact you guys, whether it's on social, on the website, where, what, you know, plug all the stuff you have going on.
0: Yeah, so we're everywhere now. We're on, I mean, we don't have a podcast, but, but we're on Instagram. So you can find us there under at OEfa Women's Football. We're on um, Facebook, same tag. We're on uh, Twitter, at OEFA Football. We couldn't fit the women's in there, so you'll find us on there. And then, of course, we have our website. So uh, we encourage everyone to visit our website. You'll see those awesome resources. Like the Women in Football Careers Weekend right on there. You can also find things about mental health and nutrition performance uh, and enhancing performance. And, yeah, and you can email us anytime uh, at OEFA.women'sfootball at email.com
1: beautiful thank you so much for joining us olivia all the best yeah thank you
0: this is great